Welcome to the Weekly Investment Outlook podcast from Deutsche Bank's Private Bank, looking at the most important issues for investors in the week ahead. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Deutsche Bank Private Bank Chief Investment Office Weekly Investment Outlook podcast. I'm Sarah Stabler from Deutsche Bank Communications and I'm here in Singapore speaking with our Chief Investment Officer for Asia Pacific, Stephanie Hotzigen. Welcome, Stephanie. How are you? It's always a pleasure to chat to you. Hi, Sarah. I'm well. Thank you for having me. Super, super. Uh, A reminder for our listeners that we're recording this on Friday, November 3, for the week ahead, beginning 6th of November. Now, Stephanie, we had three very important central bank meetings during the week, Bank of Japan, the Fed and Bank of England. Uh, Let's start with the Bank of Japan and your, your insights as to how that impacts markets and what investors should, um, how investors should view that move. Yes, yes, you're absolutely right. The Bank of Japan um, decided um, in its meeting to actually allow more flexibility to the yield curve control. So now the tolerance band for the 10-year JGBs will have a loser upper limit, upper bound of 1% as a reference. Um, while they left the short-term interest rate and the 10-year JGB yield targets unchanged at minus 0.1% and around 0% respectively. So um, the Bank of Japan will also remove the strict cap for 10-year JGB yields um, by fixed rate purchase operations of 1% and implement the yield curve control mainly through the large-scale JDB purchases and market operations. So effectively, actually, this removes the hard yield ceiling and increases policy flexibility in conducting the yield curve control. And um, it was um, um, a little less than the market expected um, because at the same time, there was also um, the raise and forecast for the Japanese consumer um, uh, price inflation CPI, which was expected. Um, so in terms of reacting to the increases that they made in CPI, um, and that was due to the recent spike in crude oil, but also um, you know the prolonged effects of the cost increases and also the wage round negotiations that are going on at the moment. It is something that um, the market um, you know took on a more dovish tone. So um, as a consequence, we had dollar yen this hundred fifty ceiling that or that was respected um, because it was a level of past intervention um, also removed and removed. Uh, beyond it and have now actually established ourselves above the 150 level. So the interesting part is that I think the Bank of Japan is now walking a very thin line between managing domestic growth, the inflation target, and at the same time, the depreciation of their own currency, the yen. So what we have to monitor going forward is really um, in terms of the economy is the sustainability of the wage hikes, how that feeds into inflation, overall export performance, giving the uh, weak yen. And, um, you know, whilst the strengthening of the yen is negative for an export-led economy like Japan, um, it could actually that uh, impact the offset by decline in inflation if it happens or growing domestic demand as well as like structural improvements that are actually done in the Japanese corporate sector, which then could boost the return on equity in the medium term. So, um, you know, quite a lot to take away from this meeting, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, It sounds like we um, likely see a much stronger US dollar from here against the yen. Um, And that brings me to the Fed. Of course, we saw the market react pretty positively to the Fed staying put during the week. 
What's your view on um, the the Fed and and uh, US dollar? Yes, so so part to the US dollar, of course, is also the Fed announcement that now for the third time this year they actually kept the Fed funds rate at the current level of five and a quarter to five and a half, and um, you know there were these comments in the statement that um, you know there are tighter credit and financial conditions and strong job gains. So this is. Um, you know, um, um, the way they, they were looking at it. Now, the interesting um, part came in during the press conference, I felt, because uh, um, Jerome Powell was in the press conference putting more emphasis on slower wage growth and inflation, and so actually a more balanced risk of overdoing versus underdoing hikes. And this um, kind of was was taken in as, as dovish comments um, whilst he was you know, still leaving the door open for further rate hikes. It was still at this uh, juncture something that was perceived um, as a much more dovish uh, note. Now, and that perceived dovishness of the Fed and the Bank of Japan, coupled with the lower refunding announcement that we had from the Treasury for the November to January quarter, and then a less expected uh, increase in long U.S. Treasury issuances, um, we actually saw a huge rally in long-end U.S. Treasury yields, and we're now, um, um, you know, a huge rally in U.S. Treasuries, and we are now um, about 30 bips lower in yields than before the FOMC. And um, so, you know, this is also uh, something that has been giving volatility to the U.S. dollar. Now, in terms of the next data points to watch, um, as we're recording this uh, on Friday, it's the labor market today with the U.S. non-farm payrolls for October, which are expected to show the cooling of the jobs market, um, because otherwise next week is actually getting fairly quiet. Um, it's only the trade balance and the University of Michigan sentiment as highlights in the U.S. So a lot of focus still on this, you know, the commentary around the Fed um, and today's job market. Mm. We also had the Bank of England. Uh, what was your takeaway from, from the Bank of England's decision? Yeah, they also maintained interest rates at the five and a quarter following, you know, similar decisions that were done by the Fed and also ECB the week before. Um, and uh, But then again, um, Governor Bailey warned that monetary policy would need to remain tight for in an extended uh, period of time, and that, of course, the MPC would be watching closely to determine if further rate hikes would be necessary. And uh, the important part to it, and this is the whole higher for longer debate, um, he also added that it's much too early to be thinking about rate cuts. So, yeah, three central banks, um, you know, one that didn't move the needle as much as possibly expected on the back of you know, higher inflation and the ability in terms of economic growth, the other one staying put, um, you know, weighing the balance of things now a bit more to the dovish side and um, the Bank of England also staying put, keeping all the doors open, but overall the market, you know, digested it um, overall a bit more more dovish. Mm, absolutely. Sounds like um, we're possibly seeing uh, policy doves returning after after some time. But moving uh, moving to our region, Stephanie. That's the, the debate, Asia, yes. <laughs> exactly. Uh, moving to our region, the Asia-Pacific, uh, this week we expect to see China's trade data. What are your expectations around that? Yes, yeah, so for the coming week, uh, we will have a main focus here on China and uh, the strength of the Chinese recovery will be the key focus 
Um, well, you already mentioned the trade data. I think um, the probability is how we're getting mixed signals of what we get. So we also have credit growth that will likely show uh, some that some of the recent incentives are working to encourage borrowing. But on the trade side, it looks at uh, to shrink less than in the prior months, but maybe that is more due to statistical base effects and not necessarily a sign of already higher demand kicking in, you know, domestically or abroad, you know, given um, what we see uh, there. And then we have uh, inflation data and PPI coming out and CPI will probably stay close to zero. So, you know, mixed bag, we have to look into the details, but I think the focus will go back into the region and, the, you know, the Chinese economy feeding um, back into, um, uh, you know, economic growth expectations in the rest of the world. This is an important focus. Mm, of course. Um, turning further south to, to Australia, uh, Tuesday, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but it is actually Australia's magnificent Melbourne Cup Festival, which is a very famous horse race and uh, a pretty big deal in Australia. Uh, and it typically kicks off the Australian summer season. Uh, and then, of course, on Monday, uh, the RBA is is meeting uh, on policy. So it's an interesting um, an interesting couple of days down in Australia. But what, what are you expecting for the RBA? Yes, I'm fully aware of uh, what is happening economically and at the RBA. And most probably the, uh, you know, uh, the domestic economy needs uh, this lightness around sports because uh, the unfortunate part is that it looks like um, that the RBA will have to hike another 25 basis points from 4.1 to 4.35, uh, uh, which is heavily weighing on housing um, and mortgages, etc. So most probably the sports event comes at the right time. But um, there's currently also a debate that started whether the RBA will deliver these 25 basis points, given you know the central bank activity in the rest of the world at the moment. So an interesting one uh, to monitor. And I'm sure you as an Australian know whether it's very interesting to monitor the sports. <laughs> well, I'll probably be monitoring the Melbourne Cup more than the RBA decision personally. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of fun. It's great, um, great fashion and just a really great sort of um, summer sort of feel. Uh, but that's all we've got time for. It's gone quickly. Uh, but thank you very much for really touching on those really three important central bank meetings. And of course, China will be watching closely uh, during the week. So I'm wishing you uh, a very, very good week ahead. And thank you to our listeners. And thank you to you, Stephanie. And thanks to you. Always a pleasure. Thanks. In Europe, Middle East and Africa, as well as in Asia Pacific, this podcast may be considered marketing material, but this is not the case in the US. No assurance can be given that any forecast or target can be achieved. Forecasts are based on assumptions, estimates, opinions and hypothetical models which may prove to be incorrect. Past performance is not indicative of future returns. Performance refers to a nominal value based on price gains and losses and does not take into account inflation. Inflation will have a negative impact on the purchasing power of this nominal monetary value. Depending on the current level of inflation, this may lead to a real loss in value, even if the nominal performance of the investment is positive. Investments come with risk. The value of an investment can fall as well as rise, and you might not get back the amount originally invested at any point in time. Your capital may be at risk. 
The services described in this podcast are provided by Deutsche Bank AG or by its subsidiaries and or affiliates in accordance with appropriate local legislation and regulation. Deutsche Bank AG is subject to comprehensive supervision by the European Central Bank, by Germany's Federal Financial Supervisory Authority and by Germany's Central Bank. Brokerage services in the United States are offered through Deutsche Bank Securities Incorporated a broker-dealer and registered investment advisor which conducts investment banking and securities activities in the United States. Deutsche Bank Securities Incorporated is a member of FINRA, NYSE and SIPC. Lending and banking services in the United States are offered through Deutsche Bank Trust Company Americas, member FDIC and other members of the Deutsche Bank Group. The products, services, information and or materials referred to within this podcast may not be available for residents of certain jurisdictions. Copyright 2023, Deutsche Bank AG and or its subsidiaries. All rights reserved. This podcast may not be used, reproduced, copied or modified without the written consent of Deutsche Bank AG.